we'll do everything in our power to to uh, get a Stanley Cup to Nashville to like I said to this great organization um, I mean for everybody in this organization is, is first class and um, yeah it's just it's a really special day for me and I'm, I'm really happy The announcement, Roman Yossi, eight more years in Smashville. 9.059 is the number. So what does that equal out to? 72 million and... 72.472. million. dollars. Guaranteed money. Yeah. Million dollars. It's good to be Roman Yossi. It's good to be Roman. He's had a good year. He's had a solid 2019. Got married, new contract. Been a very good year for Roman Yossi. Hair still looks good. Yep. And he can continue that did, going in 2020. Did you start uh, off with the Winter Classic on New Year's Day and then just keep that uh, good good thing rolling right, right to the middle of June? Did you guys see... Um, Brooks Bratton put this out there, what Pecorine said about Roman Yossi. Uh, Brooks Bratton on Twitter says, Pecorine with a laugh on Roman Yossi. He's this pretty boy, but he still blocks a lot of shots. He plays the game hard. I think a lot of people have the wrong perception of him. We still called him a pretty boy. Hmm. The wrong perception, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that means. Well, well no, I, I know what he means because like, he's, you know, he's got the look. Right, he he doesn't look like he would be a gritty, grimy, yeah. tough. But he's got he's got those attributes. It just doesn't become apparent at first glance. Matt, you know what du- I mean? yeah, and I agree. And Matt Duchesne says that once he wins his first Norris Trophy, he won't be underrated anymore. That I think is a really interesting point because Roman Yossi, since the time he's been a Predator, Shea Weber was a perennial Norris Trophy guy. From the day Roman Yossi became a regular player, that shadow was there the whole time, even even as Yossi became an all-star type of player. Then as soon as Weber gets traded, here comes P.K. Subban, who's got right. an even bigger glare across the league, right, with all... He'd already won a Norris Trophy, P.K., played in Montreal, the persona and the great skill set. And so Roman Yossi has always been in that issue. Now he's finally the top dog even though he plays with ryan ellis and matthias ekholm he gets top billing yeah now, he's the captain he's the leader and i think because of that it'll be easier for him to garner some momentum for the norris trophy there's well, some factors that go into it. it's kind of like the heisman trophy in some ways well, yeah, I, right i thought it was interesting that david poyle and i was going to ask him about that basically called his shot on winning the norris trophy yeah. and even yeah. threw in this year and, look, and, and and referred to him and listen when you got Pecorine and Philip Forsberg and all the players they have, he just said he's our best player. That, I thought that was a something he didn't have to say, but chose to say. And so, look, I, I and I don't think anybody would argue. Would yeah, they? I think that's factually correct. Yeah. Even in the room, sure, I think they they would say that's that's our guy. And, and they all, I mean, look, you have different players that are the best in certain areas for sure, but overall from you know, skill on the ice, leadership off the ice. You have to put Roman at the top, and, and that's why he's earned this deal. And and he's you heard David Poyle when asked, and he got pressed a, a few times about the no-move clause, and that's something he doesn't like to do. Has he changed his stance on it? He said this is a unique situation. He is our captain. 
he wants to end his career here. We want him to end his career here. So, and then of course said, "Has your has your stance changed?" He said, "No." I think it was a little harder too, and this is it, it's hard to know what kind of dynamic this creates in the room because that's all the most important thing. But I think for a while, out of respect to PK Subban and the image that PK Subban had and the reputation, and he because he is a great player. PK Subban is a great player. Yeah. But it was hard. You didn't want to disrespect anybody by saying Roman Yossi is our best player. But I think even last year or the year before, people might have said, you know, they might have been quiet about it. Hey, P.K. Subban is our most well-known player around the league. He is one. He might be the most popular player in the game. But the best player on this team is Roman Yossi. Yeah. I think that was – but people didn't want it. They were careful how they wanted to say it. They didn't want to rub anybody the wrong way. And Roman Yossi is not the kind of guy that's out there looking for – like, hey, I'm the best. Look right, at me. right. Hey, why don't why don't I why don't people say that I'm the best? Right. You know, he's not that kind of guy at all, which is why they they respect him so much. You know, yeah. And Shea was the same way. They, exactly you the know, same Shea way. Shea and Pekka, yeah, you know, no I mean, question. they're all that way. Of like, they don't care. It's other people that get worked up and worried about. Right. It. Chris Mason made a good point to me this morning. We were at our our production meeting talking about how we're going to talk about this tonight. But he said, "What what if PK Subban played in Toronto or a more well known market?" You know, Nashville is becoming much better known. People know what goes on here now. But still, there's a reputation. And we're, you know, not to disrespect at all anything that Eric Carlson does. Because Eric Carlson's a great player. He's the highest paid player right now among defensemen. But Eric Carlson benefited a lot from playing in Ottawa. The reputation, the, the, the spotlight you're under when you play for a Canadian team. Right. It, it, I think it elevates your perception, but I don't. Because think I've it, always thought Roman Yossi is a better in the states, though. I don't. I mean, if he if he would have signed with a Canadian team, yes, but he didn't. He he signed that deal in Northern California. I don't believe the perception is the same here as it is up there. I mean, it's elevated north of us, but it doesn't translate as to the levels that it does up there here in the states. But, it, in my opinion, it doesn't. I, but I still think that. Roman Yossi is underrated compared to Eric Carlson. I've always thought that. I'd take Roman Yossi over but, but Eric Carlson. But that's the yeah, Canadian, so I, but that's coming from the Canadian that's, media. That's my point. That is but my point. But they're the ones that are doing that. It, that's what I'm saying. But when you say it translates, I don't think it translates here. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think the states, I mean, Austin Matthews is a big deal up there. He's not as big of a deal here as he is up there. That's just the way it is. I mean, but everybody's a big deal up there. But it's not the same here. Isn't that what I'm saying? Aren't we saying the same thing? Well, I'm saying, but I don't believe the Carlson deal translated to Northern California because of Ottawa. I just think the Sharks overpaid. They were desperate to get eh. a big-time defenseman, and, and they overpaid. They well, definitely overpaid. Like, if he I went said. from Ottawa to Vancouver and got that deal, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. I mean, up there, I mean, he is... Right, He's but, the cat's meow. I get it. There's just, a, there's just a lot of narrative that I still see that originates from the, the, the hardcore media in Canada that follows the game the closest. There's more people that cover it. There's more, and there's a narrative that develops that Eric Carlson is the best all-around or the best defenseman. And Drew Doughty, who is the next highest paid, right behind him i just think there's a lot of narrative there that when you really look at the numbers and you really watch roman yossi i would take him 
over either one of those guys. But I'm but I am biased, right? I'm I'm watching him. I've watched him for a lot longer. I watch him a lot closer. But that's kind of what I'm saying is those media tend to watch Drew Doughty and Eric Carlson especially closer and have for longer. They didn't watch Roman Yossi play or watch him as closely up until maybe a year or two ago when the team really started to ascend up to the top of the standings. A couple things to pass along on the NFL side of things. The Falcons have cut their kicker, Matt Bryant. So that experiment didn't work very long. And the Bengals have benched Andy Dalton. They will be starting Ryan Finley. Mm. So I wonder wow. what that means. So wow. the tank for Tua watch is on. In by Miami the way, and Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, was there not a more classic display of Ryan Fitzpatrick last night in the whole tank for Tua? No. I mean, I swear he was trying to turn the ball over half the time. No, he was he's not. Ball. He's not trying. He just does it. He's he just was fit. It looks like he's trying. He's but he was fits him. magic. He no, was no, no, fits no, magic no, for I, a little I, bit. I'm being sarcastic when I say he actually he's not actually trying. Even though I think the Dolphins are fine with like, well, go ahead, Ryan, do do what you want to do. Oh, I, I, don't think, I don't think they're like, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't yeah, think they're, they're doing like, that. Like, like, keep hey, him in good, there. Good job, Ryan. I wondered if it's fourteen nothing. They're up fourteen nothing. Yeah, when they're up fourteen nothing, he kind of helped the Steelers get back in there. I mean, it was some of the some of the decisions he makes. I would say that's just kind of been his resume. That's kind of what he does. Last night was Pickpatrick. Holy cow. You get a little bit of Fitzmagic? No, I don't get, I, get think we're out, of, I think we're out of magic. You get a lot of Pickpatrick. Well, there's not going to be any magic in <laughs> Miami. The only magic is in South Beach. Good grief. No, the, the magic will be when they draft both Tua and Jerry Judy and just become you know Miami Crimson Tide. Well, I'll ask a question, though. Do we really think that Tua, hands down, is 100% as we sit here today, the number one? pick that you want or do you think it could change i'm hearing a lot more joe burrows is right now the heisman front runner yeah but that doesn't now necessarily we'll make see what happens in this game pick. the game will be yeah the game is i mean the, the real a lot of things weeks. implications november right. 9th all right we will come back david poyle should be sitting down at our table we come back on the other side of darren donick and chase live here at pete and terry's tavern predators of blackhawks tonight seven o'clock pregame at six everything heard right here on ESPN 1025, the game. Back here on Darren Donick and Chase, live at Pete and Terry's Tavern in lieu of tonight's game. Second to last game of the month of October. Tonight it'll be the Blackhawks. I'll have pregame for you starting at 6. Puck drop with Pete and Hal at 7. And everything heard right here on ESPN 1025, the game. The general manager, David Poyle, has walked into the tavern. And I said to him before he sat down, you must feel like your day is done. <clears throat> I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do this afternoon. <laughs> Probably take a nap. It was a, uh, a great day for the Predators. Obviously a great day for Roman Yossi. A uh, uh, real important signing for us. I always felt that it was going to happen. I always felt that Roman wanted to, to be here. We wanted him here. All those things. Having said that, it, you know, it, like uh, things don't always go according to the plan in terms of, you know, my exact timetable versus maybe somebody else's and anyway we finally got it done and i'm really happy for uh everybody our fans uh roman ourselves our owners i, I just feel it's a really important signing for our team we played the press conference live so why david was it why, why did you feel it was time to pick up the phone call his agent and 
tell him, let's, all right, let's, we're going to make a deal today. Why, why was it time then? Well, we've had numerous conversations. I mean, actually very, very regular conversations. And we've, we've sort of been all, all around it for, uh, you know, a fair, fair bit, of, bit of time. But there was other, you know, situations that we didn't quite, quite a, a, agree upon. And then we, uh, you know, Brian and I met uh, Roman in Arizona. We had a good conversation, you know, some about the contract, but more about our team philosophy and where we fit in and wh- what I thought, what it, I thought things looked like going forward and his role, all, all those types of things. And um, pretty, pretty well, uh, you know, it's one thing talking to the agents, which we do, you know, 99% of the, the, the time. But I think it was important that Roman knew what, what I felt and felt of him and his importance to our team and all that going forward. And even though that was not <coughs> attached to a dollar figure, I think it, uh, it, it, it presented some clarification to, uh, to, to both of us. And then we had a couple you know, conversations with his agents, agents, and we're still off a little bit in terms of what everybody wanted to do. And um, after that, we, it was kind of a timeout for a couple of days. I really felt I knew what it was going to, to take. We had something that we wanted. They had something that they wanted, that type of thing. And just uh, when I called yesterday, I just said, I'm calling to make a deal. And I made the proposal, and they said that they would get back to me with something, and they did, and we just came to an agreement. So it's all good. So his fast start didn't speed up the process, or Canada well, writing a lot of articles about this speed up the process? Well, as I as I said at the press conference, uh, uh, you know, just as I told his agent yesterday, not so you don't think I'm a, a front runner, so to speak, or, or call when all is all is bad, or someone we've lost a game. I mean, I called after uh, Roman played his best game of the season was a star of the game, a goal and two assists, and then he's named the second star of the week by the NHL. I said. I'm coming to you where you got all, all, the, all the cards, and there was a little bit of a laugh. But yeah. uh, we've been talking so much. And, uh, again, these deals never get done. I mean, you know, we can talk all serious about it. They don't get done if the player doesn't want to be here. And the, the good news was that Roman always wanted to be, be here. We wanted him, and that's how it gets done. I guess you could talk somebody into something by over, overpaying them, or I, I guess that's probably the only only way but i mean we got such a good thing going here in, in nashville right now and to me it's the the total package and we talked to roman about this talked to his agents about this it's the money for sure but it's also nashville tennessee it's our organization <clears throat> it's the winning that we've done pretty consistently in the last few years it's uh, the weather here it's the no state taxes it's the friendliness of the the people i mean it is the total package i mean um, yeah, there's some great cities in the United States, and then also they also play hockey. So I'm not <clears throat> trying to say that we're the only city that would be a good city to play in, but we are certainly at the top of the list. And if you're happy here um, and comfortable here, I don't think there's any reason to, to to move. And you know that's really been our mantra. You know, going back specifically to the Shea Weber Suter Suter time when they they left, new ownership coming in, and the kind of a I almost a pact that uh, we would do everything we can to. You know, not not lose a player that we wanted to sign, and uh, you know, knock on wood, I mean, we haven't lost a player that we wanted since that time. With some of what you just said, is that meeting in Arizona is the purpose to kind of give you a little peace of mind, or let you know what the real lay of the land is? If he doesn't give you the answers you're looking for, and he's hemming and hawing, or you know, when it goes where he's telling you he wants to be here, he loves this, that gives you the peace of mind? Well, I think it was just getting probably a little stale with the agents and, okay. and us saying the, approximately the same things back and, back and forth. And, uh, uh, you know, the agents can 
they can say don't don't talk to my client or sometimes the client won't want to talk to you but you know Roman was always easy to approach easy to talk to and I mean I think it was a smart move on his part because it certainly gave me a added uh, spark if you will to let's keep pushing on this to get this done was it important for you and the organization to make him the highest paid predator ever because of how you feel about him and what he brings to the table it was more important to Roman. <laughs> well, <laughs> good point. Touche. <laughs> well, you know, you know, what we wanted to do is to pay Roman as much as we could pay him without hurting our, our team going forward. I think that probably in one sentence is probably the best way I could, uh, uh, I could say it. You know, we could play that game if, if you want. That uh, Like let's say he doesn't sign here and now he's an unrestricted free agent and he can go anywhere he wants. What's he going to get next year? Um, you know, now that it's all said and done, I, I would say he's going to get could have gotten a lot more than uh, than what we, we paid him. But again, it's not all the money, and this goes back to the whole package deal with with Nashville. All all the good things I I said, and if, if you're happy here, I mean, we've had situations where the you know where where people thought the grass was greener somewhere else, and um, you know it's 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 not always, and I, I know for sure it's not because I've. <clears throat> I've been a manager for so long. I've dealt uh, in other cities and with other situations. And I don't want to, you know, go too far here. But I think one of those cases was like a Martin Erat, who uh, just got frustrated at one one point with either his play or our team's play, and and asked to be, you know, traded. Tried to talk him from doing that. And I said it was the wrong thing to do. And you know, you'd be much better off here. But he wanted to do that. I think if you were able to talk to Martin Erat now, he would realize that was a bad move for his career. Let me clarify. It turned out all right, though, for the... It, well, it turned, out, <laughs> turned out great. Some guy named Philip. I want to clarify it currently, because I know previous CBA, there was a deal that was bigger. So I just... just to, currently the highest paid player. So that's that's where I was going with that. So I was, I'm mad at Adam a little bit, because I told these guys I noticed the 9.059, and I was saving it to talk to you, and then Adam blew it by asking you in the press conference <laughs> that we were airing. So that wasn't a coincidence, that number, right? Well, there's there was a little bit of symmetry there, as uh, Roman pointed out. His birth year is 90 and his number is 59. I mean, I mean, why can't we have a little bit of fun along the, <laughs> along the way here? So uh, it, uh, I think it really resonated with him when the offer was, was, was made. I mean, you know, could, could it be this much higher, that much lower? I don't think that's the point at that time and i think i think even even that offer probably was and that that specific number probably it, it resonated such that it was a stimulus to get the deal done david Boyle is with us predators general manager and david uh it, it's such an interesting process that you go through and you think about it and you read all these people that are trying to analyze it and you just went through this summer with all those restricted free agents which kind of changed the market right and, and it's kind of set things in a, in a, on a different course. But at the same time, one of the things that I have to believe is in your mind, too, is you have to be confident that at Roman's age that he will age well and you're not paying him for what he has done but what he is still going to do uh, for, for the team going forward. Yeah, and that's not a uh, easy thing to, to do. I mean, none of us are experts on uh, genetics other than I, I kept saying, are you right. – you are related to Roger Federer, correct? Right. <laughs> so, uh, again, you you know you you make certain bets on certain people. I mean, Roman's lifestyle, Roman's body type, uh, his efficiency of his of his game. 
But having said that, eight years and it's actually nine years because yeah. he signed this year and it's eight more Kicks years. So ta- year. yeah. takes him to age 38. And again, we've done all the regression things. We've done how many guys are 35 and older playing in the league. And there's only seven or eight defensemen that are 35 or older that are playing the league. So honestly, we don't know that answer. But if, if we're going to bet on somebody, you know, Roman you know, feels like the right guy to, to bet on that in so many, so many ways. But, uh, Right now, I love his game. He's, there's nobody in the league. Uh, he and Ryan Ellis arguably could be the two best defensemen in the league right now, the way they're playing. The, the other thing that, that came out, and you discussed it at the press conference, was you, you have been very reticent to give out no movement causes, but he is just, I guess, that special of a player, and, and he's a guy that you're willing to do that for. And it's a, and it's a rare exception. Right, and uh, I, I call it unique. I mean, he's going to stay here for the rest of his career. Um, you know, again, this is something, you know, talking to ownership, and this all, again, started with the, the Suter-Weber, you know, situation. And um, uh, it, this certainly will not be a, be a trend, and uh, he's... He, he, he deserves it. It, it makes, makes sense, but it's, it's, a, it's a one-off. Um, and again, you go back to the, this, just how this last six months have gone. If P.K. Subban has a no-trade no clause in his contract, then we probably don't get Duchesne. We probably aren't in a position to correctly um, to sign Roman Yossi. So, you know, you're this close to, to doing exactly what you want, and you're... you're you're that close from not having it, uh, everything falling apart, so to speak. So it's important. So, uh, uh, again, the, the no trade is, uh, is for Roman and not for others. And as you sort of pointed out, I could even sense, I mean, you're, you're still thinking about the puzzle going forward. The, this team for now is, is set for the time being. You'll address it as it goes. But you're all, you've, you've always thought two, three years ahead, haven't you? Yeah, I think that's what a manager's responsibility is. I mean, you, you live for the, the day, but you plan for the future all, all the time. And, I was, it, and you're exactly right. Like it's, it's like you, you check this off the box, and I'm thinking, okay, like, like, like that, last night, this will be a good night's sleep. But no, absolutely not, because I'm <laughs> thinking of the, you know, what this does and you know, what Roman's dollars do, what we have available and, you know, for, say, the trading deadline this year or you know, for, for next year and who we can sign, who we can't, and already thinking, okay, who's going to be a free agent and you know, lots of stuff <laughs> like that. So it's, <laughs> that's just the job. We just always, the Poils are planners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you have that and you have the now where the team has played. And as you mentioned, that was a classic Roman Yossi game on, on Saturday. He just sort of lifted the team up, generated enough offense, got it done even without two superstar players that, I guess are getting closer. It looks like the, I mean, they didn't skate this morning, but based on practice, if if they don't play tonight, they're they're getting much much closer. Forsberg and Duchesne. Yeah, I think they're they're real close. Uh, I guess Duchesne is a, a game time decision, but I feel like he, he's he's close to playing tonight. And you know, Forsberg. I mean, Thursday or Saturday, so we're going to be healthy pretty soon here. David Poyle, Predators general manager, is here with us, and you brought up in the press conference about the Norris Trophy that Roman, you know, you feel like he. He could definitely win the Norris. And, and I, I go back and think about Shea Weber when he was here, and he was a finalist. He was very, very close. And the year that one of the years that Lidstrom won it, kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe that could have gone right. Shea's way. Do you feel like that this organization is in a better position now with Pekka winning the Vesna a few years ago and now Roman being an annual contender for the Norris that – those individual trophies can come here just because of the team. Yeah, absolutely. The better better teams seem to get the recognition. We've been one of the better teams. Roman has been in the like the top ten voting probably the last uh, five seasons. So he's been in and around it and what have you. And there's uh, 
you know, some guys that has some exceptional seasons. For example, right now you've got somebody like a John Carlson who's got, uh, you know, 20 points. Roman's got 13 points, and that's a, a record for <laughs> yeah. him. Carlson's got 20 points. So, but it's an 82-game s- season. So, uh, again, right now, to me, Roman is in the top two or three defensemen in the league if, if there was voting right now for the, for the Norris Trophy. So, um, I, I really think he's got a chance, and a lot of it probably has to do with how your team plays too. If we, if our team continues to play well and he continues to lead us, I think that will sway more people to, to give, giving him a little bit more recognition. You've done a lot of these negotiations over the years, you know, throughout your career, not only here but in Washington, but before that, and you've always had assistant GMs to to help you along. But how special is it for you to be able to sit by your son? And Brian and be able to do these type things now. Well, it's 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 great because uh, you know even as though it's father and son, I mean we, we we actually think a lot lot differently. I mean he'd be the first to to tell you that in terms of approaches and how he does different things. And um, again, this was uh, my my intention is to to uh, have Brian, who's been doing almost all the contracts, to continue that. I was actually thinking that last night. I said, that's it for me. I'm not doing any anymore. Any but I, I get it that, you know, sometimes there there has to be a, a time and a place, and that's not trying to, to be uh, disrespectful or to, to trump uh, Brian, but I think it happens within any organization that there's a, you know, a time and a place. But I'm very comfortable with uh, with him doing that. I mean, I've I think I've taught him as much as I know, and my style is my style, and he clearly has a different style and a different way of going about things. And, uh, uh, you know, again, it's probably, you know, it's a younger, younger mind, uh, more, more red and, uh, on negotiations and stuff like that. So uh, it's, been, it's, been, it's been fun, but uh, he, can, he can take over from that aspect as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> You alluded to this uh, a little bit earlier with the future and kind of thinking about things like that. But with this done in October, does it allow you now to to focus more on this year's team and doing the tweaks that you need to do to to help get this team on a deep run? Well, and just talking to Jeff Kelty this morning, just uh, on this, just now here's here's a few things I'd like to you know talk about as far as what I, how as I see our team today and what having this is what I'd like our pro scouts to be. Uh, looking at and you know maybe we should have a call at the end of the week type of thing and um, it, you know I don't think there's anything immediate that I want to do or need to do I think our team is still we only play 10 or 11 games it's still new season and we got to uh, we got to just have more games under our belt or what have you but I want to be open for any opportunity so it's again it's probably just normal you know what how I'm acting or what I want to do but the good news is is I'm we're not sitting here at uh, you know with a, a bad record and lots of lots of guys that we're not happy with, I'm happy f- for the most part with our team, with our individuals. Uh, our our team has a real good swagger about it right now. They they play confident. We've you know we've come back, I believe, four four times, three for wins, one for another point. I mean, on the and that's just uh, after the trailing in the second period. Yeah, yeah. there's been other like, comebacks earlier. In the like game. that's yeah. I mean, again, if you're a positive person, that's great optimism. I guess the flip side of that is to say that. Uh, Geez, what have we been doing in the first part of the game? Like, like again, we've only got I think seven goals in the first period. You'd like to be better there, but we're we're by far and away the, the the best offensive team in the third period. So there's lots of good things. I mean, every show I did with you guys or any interview I did last year was the power play is no good and this and that's no good. And it was the same thing all the time. Well, now now our power play is in the top half of the the league, and I mean that's that's fantastic improvement. Our our our, our offense, which was not elite, is now at the top of the 
uh, league at first start. So there's a lot of good things that, to be positive about the Predators. But as Roman said in his part of the press conference, there's things that we have to work on. And I know the coaches aren't perfectly happy with different aspects of our game. But all in all, it's a good start. Well, we're happy that everything got done today. I'm sorry that it affected you going to Elton John last night. <laughs> <laughs> you had to worry about today. That's I can right. tell you it was a really good show. Yeah. I'm not going to rub it in, but, you know, it was a good show. But, hey, it's all behind you now. Well, there'll be another farewell tour. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have usually laughed, is. Like, with those yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it never really is the last farewell tour, usually. <laughs> David, thanks for doing this. Uh, good job, and um, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much, guys. We'll see you tonight as well. Yes. Predators and Blackhawks this evening. David Poyle every week, presented by Gary Force Acura and Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. We'll come back. More of Darren, Donnick, and Chase on the other side. ESPN 102.5, the game. Once again, appreciate David Poyle for joining us, and that every week is presented by Gary Force Acura and Cool Springs Wines and Spirit. Hey, if you are the biggest Bama fan out there and you want to win uh, a chance to win a cabin on the Crimson Tide Cruise, that's going to be on February 10th through the 15th. It's the second annual Crimson Tide Cruise. It'll set sail from New Orleans to Cozumel. On down to Mexico and on the board of the Carnival Valor. It's a national champion uh, worthy vacation with your favorite Alabama sports legends. Send us at ESPN The Game Nashville a picture by Twitter with the hashtag Bama Cruise, hashtag Bama Cruise, or you can upload a pic at thegamenashville.com. Book your cruise at crimsontidecruise.com and get your $150 off with the promo code GAME. The promo code game i know last year people had some fun on that cruise i don't believe any of our staff is going i don't believe uh probably not nick or marquis i mean i mean they would be the top two candidates sure but i i have not heard that they're gonna their you know alabama love their rtr love Yum, yum 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 yeah they do like the rtr i've missed the whole story on how nick is it just being a front runner? No, there's like, where's his he's whole got fam- Alabama. There's, there's family. There's some sort of family deal with that. Some sort of family deal with yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. But I know it's family related. I do know okay. that part. I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, I, I just he's told me before, but he texts me three hundred times a day, so I just lost I, I track lose track of the, everything. The the text and the tweets yes, and, from Nick Kale. Right. So uh, the trading deadline is going to be 3 o'clock today in the NFL, and there's a lot of stuff out there swirling. There's no doubt about that. Um, Jets seem to be having dangling a lot of things out there. They're going to trade Say, anybody. Hey, come and get it. Buy one, <laughs> get one free. <laughs> Everything must go today. Today and today only. For the next two and a half hours, come do your shopping. The holidays is just around the corner. Yeah. Rich Samini of ESPN uh, that covers the Jets, we've had him on before, says the hot name right now is Jamal Adams. It wouldn't shock me if he gets dealt. Andy Dalton has been benched. So Andy Dalton was in the 2011 quarterback class, okay? So all the quarterbacks that were drafted in the 2011 quarterback class, Andy Dalton leads that group with the most starts. Most regular season starts. Cam Newton, second. Andy Dalton has 128 career starts. Cam Newton, second with 124. 
That's obviously due to injuries. Yep. Anybody care to guess who's third on that list from the 2011 class? Uh, the 2011 class. Well, that was the Jake Locker class. Jake yeah. Locker is indeed on that list. Blaine he's not, Gabbard. He's not third. Blaine Gabbard is on that list. He's yeah. not third. He's close. Who am I missing? Colin Kaepernick. Mm. Colin Kaepernick. Third. Okay. With 58 starts. Blaine Gabbert, 48 starts. Tyrod Taylor, 45 starts. These are regular season starts. Christian Ponder. Christian, Christian Ponder. Ponder. 36 career starts. Jake Locker. He won at life, though. 23. He did, okay. he, he did all right. Nobody should feel sorry for him. <laughs> Jake Locker, 23 career starts. Terrell Pryor. 10, T.J. Yates, 10, Ryan Mallett, Ryan Mallett, 8, Greg McElroy, 1. So Christian Ponder had more starts than Jake Locker? That is correct. I know. I would not have guessed that. By the way, 13. Well, Well, Locker was hurt. He was hurt, and he didn't start his first year. He backed up Matt Hasselbeck. That's how much he was. Yeah. That's how much he was not available, right? Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys. But you're right. When you think about it, like if we'd have just said, if I would have just said, "Hey, who do you think yeah. who had more career starts?" I think we all would have said I, Locker. I just don't remember Ponder. I know playing like much you at barely all. even remember yeah. him. Like, yeah. did he even have a memorable start? I don't think Christian so. Christian Ponder doesn't feel like it. If he did, I don't remember it. So uh, I guess it's not memorable, huh? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm drawing uh, a blank. I'm drawing a blank myself. The Cowboys have touched base with the Jets on Jamal Adams. The uh, Cowboys are report. always willing to oh, yeah. play for the now. It doesn't always work for them. Well, they need in fact, help I in would, the secondary. Well, everybody needs help somewhere. That that's the. That's why you had the deadline. <laughs> that's why the deadline. Well, has well that's why you had the deadline. But that's also the David Poyle. You have to weigh how does this deal affect me next year? How does it affect me the year after? The fans aren't going to get less interested in, in the Dallas Cowboys. That never right. seems to dawn on Jerry Jones, who I think he has much more of a tendency to bite on the, I need help today. i got to do this today. I don't really care about what happens well, three I mean, years down the road as a result. It's not just Jerry Jones anymore. It's Steven. I mean, Steven is doing a lot of this uh, stuff too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's cut. You know, they're cut from the same cloth. But, yeah, I mean, it, they're – but and they're in a position to win a division have, and, and right. make a run. But they have it, been so. before. And my point is, since the great days of Aikman, Irvin, and Smith, and the great offensive line, they haven't won anything. No, but you can make an argument that last year when they traded for Amari Cooper, once Amari Cooper got settled yeah. with the offense, it worked. It helped them last year. Yeah, and it, it they worked. didn't. Well, it sort of worked. It and got they won a, a division. Yeah, but I understand. I. It's hard to to make the call of what helps me win now, and can I win this? Or, or is, if I hold off on this, does it help me win and have a better team that's better equipped to win at a higher level? That's the dilemma. You don't know the answer either way. Uh, NFL matchup on ESPN, their Twitter site, they tweeted out uh, sack rate defense. So it's according to the sack rate is equal to defensive sacks versus the opponent's dropbacks, okay? The 49ers at 11.8% clip are the best in the league. We were talking about their defense yesterday. It, it's, I think it's highly underrated. I don't know if they're getting enough pub. I think after 
and basting Carolina over the weekend, right. people are starting to come to the realization the 49ers defense is for real. Well, you know, they've never been on national TV, right? They well, don't get true. those spotlight that's games true. at all. That's a good point. They're always playing when nobody's less people are watching. I'm bringing this up because second on that list, the Carolina Panthers. I would have never thought that. The Patriots are third. I would have one. I would have thought the Patriots are one. Hmm. Patriots are third. Panthers are second at a ten point three percent clip. Um, so that's that's pretty interesting. I didn't realize the Panthers D was was faring that well. I didn't. I guess we haven't done a deep dive into the yeah. Panthers. We will this week. The lowest teams, the worst teams, are the Falcons, Jets, and Bengals. No surprise there, right? <laughs> Their combined record is not good. A whole lot of nothing is what is that there, is. I think one win, two wins between them. Let's let's talk about this because we haven't really touched on it much. I brought it up to Mitch right out of the gates. Uh, the Rams are trading Tlaib and a fifth-round pick to Miami. He just got traded. That's the second time this year he's been traded. What? Isn't it? No, he was on the Rams. No, he was on the Rams he last year. on the Rams year. last year. Mm-hmm. They went to the Super Bowl. That's so right. they've traded Maybe him to Miami. So they're like, Tlaib, we're tired of your stuff. We're going to punish you and trade you to the Dolphins. So good luck with that. Good luck in your career Why there. did the Dolphins want him? I don't know. I have no idea. So they can tra- are they going to trade him again today? And the Dolphins will <laughs> absorb Tlaib's contract. There you but go. they also get a fifth-round pick. Wow. The Dolphins get Tlaib and a fifth in exchange for what? For absorbing his contract for a future, we'll pick. take the contract for a fifth. That makes for sense. a future. Okay, pick. so that's why they want him. Yeah, future consideration. That's a, that's kind of a hockey style trade. You notice that yeah. that is a trend that started happening. We'll take your Marian Hosa dead money to a guy that can't play, but in return, but you got to give us something else yeah. with that. Yep, and so that's that's become common in the NHL to teams that have cap space. Uh, there's stuff out there circulating that the NCAA, uh, this is Shams. Yeah, I, I, I was going to let you take a. Sharenia? I hope that's <laughs> sure. right. Uh, he is a senior lead NBA insider and an analyst for the Athletic and Stadium. He's based out of Chicago. And he is reporting that the NCAA says it is now modernizing its rules towards. Uh, toward lightness opportunities for athletes and will start to make new changes immediately but no later than January 2021. Of course, let's you know drag this out. Oh, well, that's you know. for them that's actually good. We I, must I figured, embrace I figured, change. I figured it would say by 2024 we'll have something. Right. We'll do we'll something have a, different. We'll have a plan maybe. It's actually an interesting approach though because in the past it's been more or less this is not going to uh-huh. happen. This is, whoa, no, whoa. But it's a little bit, okay, we know. Well, they look, they look like fools if they do we that We know today. this is coming. So you got to give us time is to sort yeah. all this stuff out. And we, we've discussed a lot of the things that pop up, right? you got to try to make it even for everybody. Well, there's certainly a lot to figure it can't out. Be, it can't be one rule it's in one not, state and one rule in the other right. state. It's, it's got to be, be uniform across the states. But what I wanted to bring up was something I brought up to Mitch, and we haven't really had a chance to, to delve in. This is Adam Rittenberg, who has put out kind of a, uh, a list for Vanderbilt, and he s- said the potential target for Vanderbilt 
front and center could be Jeff Fisher. Like I said, we didn't get a chance to get into this yesterday. But, one, it's strange timing. And, by the way, he's got a list of, you know, Notre Dame's defensive yeah, coordinator, Tulane head coach, Clemson's co-OC, Navy's head coach, Ken Niamatololo. We, we, we brought it up briefly, but we really didn't get to discuss it. Mike McIntyre. But don't you think it's a little premature like this, to put out a list like weird that? After the, the job win, is after not Missouri, open. I know. And, well, right. it just – after the Missouri win, it's just like it's the just not. It's is. not cool to do that. Honestly, I, I that's a little bit against the code. Like I understand if a, if a team is two and nine going into their last game and it hasn't been announced, but you, the writing is on the wall. It's a little different when you're two and five and you just won a game, right? That's that's strange timing to me that you do that. But what do you make of just like I, because well, okay, he, so he why, wrote the thing on Fulmer right, replacing. Yes. Yes. Replacing Jeremy Pruitt after the low point of right. their season, which was the loss in Florida, just how bad they looked, and for a guy in his second year on the job. Right. So I, I hesitate to sit there and go, this guy's on to something. You know, he's been a reporter for a long time. He's Adam a good Rittenberg reporter. has yeah. been around. As yeah. Mitch told us, used to be with Athlon. Yeah. So he's no stranger. He's been doing this stuff for a long time, covering college athletics. But let's just, you know, let's – Let's pump the brakes a little bit and see what happens on Saturday. They got a game well, on Saturday. Okay, but, sure, but I'm asking but you. But why? Why did this come out? So why? Why? Let's just. It's a great question. Let's guess. Why? Why did the? Why do you think this came out? And why was Jeff Fisher atop the list? I mean, it Jeff makes Fisher a ton of has sense. told us on the show that he would be interested in getting back to head coaching. He was referring more to the NFL. Uh, that's, well, the but that's not I true. I do believe he's always had. Uh, a curiosity with with running, and he's brought up that he's been studying programs. compliance. That he's studied yes, NCAA he compliance, did. and he he told us that he told the morning show that he even said that yeah. to Colin Cowherd. He clearly nationally. spends a lot of time here, so it's an easy connection to make. I would not doubt that somebody maybe gave him a phone call and said, "Hey, you know, we're just we got this vision for our program." That I mean, I don't know. Well, I'm in the article, on how it this, also says Malcolm Turner. Has already proven that he's not afraid to make a non-traditional hire. Well, that's, well we know that, that's right? Very, yeah, very evident. Yeah, very evident. And uh, Max just sent us this. Malcolm Turner told VU Hustler Sports this morning that the Jeff Fisher news is a completely false narrative, <laughs> and that <laughs> athletics is not currently conducting a coaching search. Well, I mean, well, what do you expect? Right, he has to say that. <laughs> like, yeah, but from an official capacity, sure. That's absolutely 100% true. But that doesn't mean that there couldn't be a phone call from somebody to somebody, even if it's not a direct say. If, if the job, just hypothetically, right. if, right. which is the game, if it ever happened, the game that is played, would you ever have scenes. an interest in a job like and, this? You know, and Darren, and maybe it's a, not, maybe not even as the football coach, maybe as a guy who's an ambassador or a guy that, you know, just, there's any number of ways you can get around the, the official part of it. And, or, or, what else? What? Just how, anything else come to mind of how a story about Jeff Fisher could get out there? <laughs> uh, has Jeff Fisher hey, ever hey, been savvy there. at utilizing sources in the media to Malcolm's generate Fisher, some? Um, hey, just want to let you know. I'm, I'm generate some storylines, some attention. Uh, I would say <laughs> I'm hanging possibly. Out. Not even a question mark. Possibly. He knows how to play the game. Period. Knows how I'm to play saying, that game. I, he is, 
He is definitely savvy in that department. Right. It's and very clear he wants to get back in some capacity, somewhere, keep, somehow, some league. Keep his name out there. Yeah. And there have been times where he has gotten that done successfully, gotten his name out there, no, when there was absolutely no interest no on the other side. question. But it just kept his name going. Yes. That's part of the game, as which Darren, is smart. As Darren has pointed out several times on this show, and I, I completely 100% agree with him, I think the game's changed a little bit because of what Herm Edwards is doing at Arizona State. Makes it much more He plausible. has surrounded himself yeah. with the right people. And Jeff Fisher, as we know, as you just alluded to, you know, he's pretty good at playing this game. And Vanderbilt is, is a job where you need somebody that can play that game. Now, the job's not open. The, I, I right. think it's all rumor right now. But if it were to open up, I don't think it's the worst idea. I just don't like it. I remember Lou Holtz used to be the one that would be all over this. When he started doing shows, he would get he would adamantly jump in when ESPN would start on their panel. Hey, you know, with this job, whatever this, he would say that car, that job is not open. They have a head coach right now. Yeah. So I I do think that that should be the way the media progresses. But we know how the world is, right? People will will always speculate. Well, look if. If things get told to you, uh, you know media members are going to really going to run with that if they're being sure. told something, especially if it's coming from yes the horse's mouth, right? I mean, we know that. So I'm just saying, and I I have no idea if there's any truth to it at all. I'm just saying, I, you know, it's it would be I wouldn't be surprised if. Look, it's very clear. I don't fault him for wanting to get back in the game, but he's made it abundantly clear he has no interest in really retirement. I mean, Jeff doesn't have to work. Jeff is set for life. He can do whatever he wants. He has made his money. But it's very clear that, you know, you can only fish for so much and go to Montana so many times or live there for a while. And, you know, it's clear that he wants he wants to be back on the sidelines. He misses that. So would I be surprised if coming from a camp no not at all what would uh, forget about whether Vanderbilt would be interested in him what what would interest him in Vanderbilt that that is well Nashville an interesting question Nashville besides Nashville SEC Nashville But, but he has to feel like he can win right he's seen Vanderbilt football he knows that but it's a different challenge than it is at Tennessee or USC right but I think if you're if you're Jeff Fisher you probably feel like look he can turn it on with the best. We've talked about it, and this is not a knock. I'm just saying Jeff is very good at that game, very good. And I'm sure he feels extremely confident that he can go in any living room and talk a family into why their their son should be playing in Nashville, right. in the SEC, and at Vanderbilt University. I, yeah. I, I'm sure he feels very confident that he can go into a room and do that with a family. And you know what? He probably could. Yeah. And as long as he surrounds himself with the right staff that knows that stuff, yeah. All right, we'll come back and kick off the fourth and final hour by heading over to West End. We'll bring in Derek Mason, Vanderbilt's current head coach. Yes, he is the current, he is the head coach. We'll talk to Derek Mason next on ESPN 102.5 The Game.